Hey agency owners, it's time for a new episode of the Agency Blueprint, the number one podcast for agency owners looking to discover strategies for scaling an agency to seven figures and beyond, while reducing stress and getting your personal life back. I'm your host, Robert Patton, international bestselling author, agency scale partner, and founder of Creative Agency Success. If you enjoy our podcast, please do me a favor and hit that subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode and help keep this show at the top of the charts so it can be found by more agency owners like you. And now for the show. Hey, agency owners. So we have an awesome guest on the show today. Her name is Stacey Brown Randall, and she's an award-winning author of Generating Business Referrals Without Asking. While she consults with major corporations, her true passion is helping small business owners generate referrals naturally without manipulation, compensation, or even asking. Thank you so much for joining us today, Stacey. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, you know, I think most agency owners in our audience probably, you know, started their business with referrals and and a lot of them, quite frankly, continue to have referrals be the predominant lead generation source for them. And, you know, so I, I definitely think it's a really important topic for us to hit and how to actually leverage your existing relationships and being able to generate more referrals. And the thing that's really struck me is the without asking piece, right? Like that's <laughs> so phenomenal and you have really piqued my interest. So if you wouldn't mind you know, starting us off by talking about, you know, referral sources and then what two sources maybe you would think about recommending focusing on. Yeah, you know, so I think the the concept, I think everybody can get behind the concept that generating new clients being referred to you is probably the best way to go. Like, I don't know many people who argue with that statement that, hey, if I can have new clients drop into my agency because they were referred to me, that would be amazing. I'll take that all day long. But I think where everybody kind of gets kind of all been out of shape about referrals is based on this advice of how you're supposed to go about receiving them. And decades and decades and decades old advice has always been, you've got to ask, you've got to compensate, you've got to network to know a ton of people, you've got to be overly promotional and gimmicky, or you just have to hope that people will love you and refer to you. And we've bought into that, that those tactics, that methodology, those philosophies for decades And for me, it was just paying attention to, but what if I don't want to do any of those things, but yet I still want to get referrals? And that's really where this all came from is, is there another way? So I reverse engineer a lot of the things that I attempt to understand. And so I can figure out where I'm going and then back into where I want to start. It was the same thing with referrals. I started paying attention to the psychology behind um, why and how a referral happens. I started paying attention to like what the brain science says about it, what behavioral economics says about it, what social science says about it, and then figuring out like what's actually happening when we ultimately receive a referral. What's triggering it? What's making it happen? What do we control? How do we define it? Like all the things. And so as I kind of started uncovering all of this, naturally from there, right, my philosophy was developed of, okay, here's another way, a different way, my personal opinion, a better way that you can get referrals if you don't want to do the other ways. But when we kind of get into like the tactical piece of it, like there's the philosophy behind, hey, there is a way to generate referrals without doing all the stuff you don't want to do. When we get to the tactical piece of understanding like what a referral is and who are ultimately our best referral sources, that's when we can start understanding the what we need to do and the actions that we need to take. So I always tell folks, when you're thinking about the best referral sources for you, there are actually four types of referral sources. But the two that we focus on uh, is what I call above the line. So if you were writing this on a piece of paper and you wrote out number one, number two, number three, number four, you draw a line between two and three. 
the two referral sources that are more likely to refer you consistently and the ones that you want to build a strategy or a referral plan around to get more referrals from or to start getting referrals from is number one, clients, and number two, centers of influence. But when I talk about centers of influence, I'm not talking about like everybody in your network and everybody you're connected to on LinkedIn or everybody that happens to follow you on Instagram, right? I'm talking about a much, much smaller subset of people who actually know what you do. They don't do what you do. So there's no competitive overlap. And most importantly as well, they actually come across your ideal client with some level of regularity. And when I work with clients and we're able to, you know, triple or quadruple the number of referrals they're receiving in a year, a lot of times it's because we actually need more people referring us. And when we focus in on, right, who's the best people to refer us, they actually need to have the opportunity to be referring us, which is why being strategic about who our centers of influence are and even who our clients are, because not all your clients will refer you no matter how amazing they think you are. It's really important to focus on those top two, the clients, and then of course, the centers of influence, knowing that not everybody that's a client or not everybody that's a COI will ultimately refer you. But those are the two we put our time and resources and energy behind. Now, the other two, which are awesome and great, and we love them equally, yet we don't build a plan to kind of get more referrals from them because we don't need to, is the third one is family and friends. Usually your family and your friends are gonna refer you regardless. I always say like every once in a while, my husband is actually able to refer me. And as long as we're married, pretty sure I'm gonna be the only person he refers to in that regard, right? Fingers so don't crossed, need, at least right? hopefully. Fingers crossed, you know, we got a really good marriage, but you know, it's been 17 years, so we'll see. But you know, from, from, that, from that respect, I don't need to like create a plan and take better care of him right? And do all the things that we do that's the tactical piece to get more referrals from him. I'm always occupying space in his mind. I'm always going to be the person he thinks to refer. And if I'm not, then we have a, a bigger problem. And then the four, so it's family and friends, right? It could also, your friends, like your cousin or your, you know, the guy that you were in the fraternity with, that you, or was your roommate in college or somebody from your very first job, like they're going to remember you more than likely. So a lot of times family and friends it's awesome to get referrals from them. We don't build a strategy around getting more from them because it's going to happen. And then the fourth type are strangers. And by definition, right, nobody refers someone to you and they don't know who you are. What I mean by a stranger is I mean they know who you are, but you don't know who they are because your reputation precedes you or you've been in business for so, so many years or they know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who always had an amazing experience with you. And so strangers are great, but building a strategy around a stranger deciding to refer you is like a needle in a haystack. You'll never be able to find them until they refer you. And then we're going to pull them up to the COI list, right? But we really need to focus in on if we're going to get referrals in a different way. There's still work to do. Every strategy of how you generate referrals, except for the hope it happens, takes work. Mine is just looking at it from a different tactic and different perspective, which means we've got to get really strategic on who we're going after, which is why we talk about the clients and the COIs. I think that that's, you know, really neat. The thing that, you know, really hit me that you were talking about was, you know, the mental reason why people actually end up making that referral. And I imagine there's, you know, emotional components behind it and like why you're actually coming to mind and people wanting to help the person that they're talking with, right? Like there's tons of things that happen inside of ourselves, inside our minds on an ongoing basis, right? That what is that initial reason why someone says, you know, oh, this person's having this XYZ problem that makes them want to make that referral? What do you say is like that number one thing that tends to happen? Well, it all comes down to the relationship you have with them, but the relationship isn't enough by itself. 
So it's the relationship you have with them, but it's also how much space you're occupying in their mind, specifically because two things need to happen when a referral is actually going to be made, and that is desire and opportunity. You can control the desire of someone choosing to refer to you versus what, the hundreds or the thousands of your other competitors that are out there. There's got to be a reason to pick you. That's what we call desire. So we can actually control the desire for someone to pick us over our competition because of the relationship we have with them, because we take care of them, because we use the right referral C language that they're thinking about us from a referral perspective, and because what we do actually lets them know how much we appreciate them, right? So we can control the desire to pick us, and it's usually based on the fact that we have a relationship and then we just have to maintain connection, right, in an ongoing way. And then the other piece to that, though, is opportunity. And that's the piece you don't control. You don't control when someone's going to come across someone that they can refer to you, which is why being strategic about who you're trying to cultivate as a referral source or who you're, you know, have that ongoing relationship with to keep getting referrals from, it's because they have the opportunity. But the idea here is, and a lot of people are like, well, I need to control the opportunity. I need to be able to tell someone to refer me and then they can think in their head or go through their phone or their LinkedIn contacts and send me a bunch of names. And I understand it's a false thought, but I understand where people come at it from because it feels like if, I, right, if I'm asking you, right, and if I'm asking you is creating the opportunity for you to think about who to refer me, the reality of it is you kind of eliminate, right, the magic behind that referral happening and it being real, but also you're manufacturing something that doesn't actually get actually exist. Actually, when you asked me for a referral, all you did was create work for me. Now I've got to think, oh, who do I know that I could refer, right? And then I got to think about, do I want to refer them? And now I got work to do. And usually we're just like, yeah, 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 I'll get back to you. And we never do. So it's really understanding that desire and that opportunity and, and knowing that you can control the outcome of your referrals by doing the things that you can control right? And letting the other piece happen the way that it's supposed to. And most people are like, well, it's like leaving things to chance. And not if you're picking the right people and not if you're taking care of them in the right way. You know, that's where we had, I had some, um, one person in my program that literally brought in over 300 referrals in her very first year, and she averaged 40. We set 80 as a goal, and then she did 300. So like, the idea is it's really about having a strategy and being strategic. But it's also recognizing that you don't control every piece of the process. And so you've got to do the work you're supposed to do to control what you control and then recognize what you don't control. But do everything you can to control that, right, by picking the right people. And so it's understanding what this ultimately looks like within your business and what it looks like from referrals that happen in your business and starting there to kind of create and build a strategy or a plan. That's super interesting. There's, you know, a little bit that I, I want to go a little bit deeper on the opportunity piece because there's some things that I have been, you know, trained and taught from other people that go through referrals as well, right? And one of the things that is talked about is, you know, training the person to be able to think about you, right? Like if someone says X, Y, Z, that means that I can help them, right? And so I was trying to get someone to be trained around understanding when to actually refer you. What are your thoughts about that mindset on referrals? So I actually have a, a little bit of a visceral reaction to the word train. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. You're not a dog, right? <laughs> like, 
I get it. I understand it, right? It's easy to like let it slip off the tongue, like, oh, just train them or whatever. But the truth is, is that when I'm referring you, I'm actually not thinking about you. And this goes back to understanding the psychology and the brain science behind what's actually happening in the moment that a referral is happening is that I'm actually, I'm not thinking about you. What I'm thinking about is helping somebody who has mentioned that they have a problem and how mm -hmm. I'm going to help them and be their hero because we all like to be a hero, right? If I'm going to help them and be their hero, I've got to connect them to the best person. And that's when you come to mind. You're going to come to mind after someone says, I need X, Y, Z, and you're like, got it. I know exactly who you have to talk to, right? So it's understanding like, when, and, and what, here's the thing I always tell folks is like, because that's the best kind of referral you can receive. Someone whose problem has been identified, they've like, yes, I need this. And then they've gone to a trusted source to get a recommendation and now they are being connected to you. That's why referrals are less price sensitive and quicker to close and easier to close and show up already trusting you because that dynamic has happened when they're being connected to you. And so it's understanding this idea that I know I get the whole idea, like, I want you to train you to think about me. It doesn't work that way, right? There's a concept um, in behavioral economics called priming, right? This concept of like priming them to think about it. I like to think about it more in that way. Specifically, though, I'm going to occupy space in your mind and you're going to think to refer me because I take really good care of you. Not because I've sat you down at a coffee shop and said, here's what, how I need you to be thinking about me. And here's when I want you to be thinking about me. Here's the thing. If something's working for you and you're training your referral sources to refer to you, I'm not going to break that for you. I'm not interested in breaking anything that's not working. But you have listeners right now who are thinking, yeah, I don't want to train people. I don't want them to feel like I got to tell them what to do because I love it when people tell me what to do for them, right? Like, well, we just love that oh so much. Other people are going to love it too. So there's just a different way to look at it. And that's how I approach it. And so it's more about, you know what? Why don't you occupy more space in their mind? Not because you told them you should, but because you're taking care of them and they know that you appreciate them. And then you're being consistent, not stalkerish, but consistent with your outreach to them, like four or five or six times a year, not every day or not every week or even every month. And what people don't realize is that's actually all it takes. Like we think we have to be like in their faces every day and every month and every week. And they're like, nobody wants that. Nobody wants to go to coffee with you every week, every month. I don't even know if I want to go to coffee with you every quarter, right? So there's got to be variety. There's got to be this different ways that you take care of people that you get in front of them, right? In a way that doesn't feel like you're like pushing to be in front of them, training them, teaching them how to think about you. What if you could just take care of them? And mm -hmm. obviously I teach some specific language that I want you to use while you're doing it. But what if you could just take care of them because you actually care about them because of course you care about the people who make it easier to run your business because they drop clients into your lap. Who doesn't want to take care of their referral sources? Like the people who are like, I just don't know if I could take care of my referral sources in this way. I'm always like, who are you? Right? Like, how can you not want to take care of the people who drop clients into your lap? Who you are matters, who they are matters. What your plan looks like will be different from anybody else's because it's got to fit you. But at the end of the day, this is about taking care of people. And that is allowing you to occupy more space in their mind, not sitting across from them and telling them how to think about you consistently and often to the point where they, we know it happens. They start avoiding your phone calls and your text messages and your emails. Be honest. We all know that's <laughs> happened.
<laughs> that's not i've never experienced that once in my life ever being ghosted everyone just loves me so much <laughs> i completely believe you yes <laughs> you know i really love the response to that and you know i i, I really enjoy the way that you look at it quite a lot and it's even adjusting how I think about referrals quite a bit. And I really am enjoying this conversation a lot. The thing, one of the things you talked about is how much of an effect that the source of that lead of being a referral has an impact in sales as well, right? Your closure rates tend to be a ton higher. The price point can be higher as typically as well. They close easier, shorter, shorter sales cycles. Is there anything else that you would want to frame and share with the listeners today on how it actually impacts their sales opportunities as well. Yeah, so I always tell folks that you're going to have multiple ways that you're going to bring prospective clients into your business. Every agency should, right? Every business should. You don't need to rely on only one way. You should have multiple ways. But when you're working with me, I just want referrals to be the biggest piece of the pie. Because I know when you have folks that are referred to you, they are all those things that you said. It's just easier to manage your business and to bring clients in. But I do think it's important that people recognize a referral when they've actually received one versus confusing it with word of mouth buzz or an introduction or even a warm lead. So there is this concept that I, that I teach called saving lost referrals. And it's this idea behind sometimes things look like a referral, they feel like a referral. We really want them to be a referral, but they're not. And I think part of the sales closing ratio, right, and part of that process is understanding when it's a referral and when it's not. And then what can you do about it if it's not an actual referral to flip it into a referral? So take that word of mouth buzz, right? When someone says, oh, my gosh, I was just talking about you the other day. I was telling my colleague that they absolutely have to work with you, that you're incredible and amazing. Don't worry. I gave them your information and they're going to reach out. And you're like, gosh, that feels great. But yet, you don't know who they're talking about. And now you're waiting and waiting, possibly forever, for that person to reach out, right? That's word of mouth buzz. It's good. Somebody thinks highly of you and was telling somebody else. The problem is you're not in the driver's seat to even know how to follow up. So it's like recognizing, like, yes, referrals are amazing when they come in and we get to close them and they're great and awesome, right? But it's also recognizing when something's really close to a referral, but it isn't because how you respond as part of your sales process or your sales cycle is really important in those moments. Wait, this is word of mouth buzz. Or wait, I got an email connecting me to this other person, but I don't know who is the prospect in this connection. Are we just meeting to meet to grow our network? Or am I the prospect and they're about to pitch me? Or do they need me, but I don't know it because it hasn't been stated. And so we're being connected, but there's no need identified. So if it's an introduction email, how do you respond? If it's a warm lead, how do you respond? Those things are just as important as recognizing when a referral rolls in, because ultimately at the end of the day, we want to respond accordingly because it just shortens the amount of work we have to do and follow-up we have to do, and it keeps our sales cycle tighter as well. Super, super interesting. I 100% I agree. You know, I'd love to leave the listeners with maybe three tips that you would suggest of like, if they were to do three things today that would help, you know, boost their referrals, what would you say those top three things that they should do? Okay. Can one of them be self-serving for myself? <laughs> sure. Okay. 
<laughs> Usually I get the what's the one thing and it's not self-serving at all. But when you gave me three, I was like, well, I'm just going to take the opportunity. <laughs> okay. So the first thing I would say is you have to identify who your referral sources are. This is key. So I teach three foundational strategies about if you want to build a referable business, there's three main strategies you have to have in place. And the number one strategy I tell everybody to start with is identifying your existing referral sources because they're the easiest to get more referrals from when you start taking care of them in a better way and using different language. So to figure out who are your existing referral sources so you can get more referrals from them, you need to know who these people are and what you think or what you kind of remember or what your anecdotal evidence tells you of what's happened over the last three months is not indicative of your actual results. We think it is, we're usually wrong. So you have to go back into your business data. You need to pull out your clients, pull out the new clients, right? From 2021, 2022, 2021, and even 2020. And if 2020 and 2021 were really bad for your business, then go back a couple more years. I have my clients go back three or four years but even one year will give you an insight to like, who are the people who are referring you? Once you know who your referral sources are, it's gonna be a very empowering moment. It could also be very sobering, but for most people, it'll be very empowering of like, whoa, these are the people that send me business and look at all the people on this list I've been ignoring. I haven't talked to in nine months, right? Or where's Bob? Why isn't Bob on my list? We, we go to grab a beer like every week and he says he's sending me business, but there's no clients coming from Bob. Well, because maybe Bob's actually not ever making the connection. He's just talking about making the connection. You learn so much when you uncover the data inside your business. So the number one thing I would say is identify your referral sources. I went through that really fast, but if people are like, exactly how do I do that? I have free resources on my website and chapter eight in my book, Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, breaks it all down for you because it is a legitimate, most important step you can do. It's empowering to know who's referring you and then to decide to take better care of them to get more referrals from them, right? The second thing I would say is, is you need to make sure you have a referable client experience. I know you do great work. I'm assuming you do great work. That's probably why people have been in business, you know, for a couple of years, but that doesn't mean you're referable. A referable client experience delivers amazing work, which we call the work touch points in addition to building the right relationship, which we call the relationship touch points. And you need to have both in place to get someone to the place where they want to be referring you. So pay attention to your client experience. There's specific ways that we teach building that referable client experience, but then also moments when you can be planting referral seeds, priming your clients to kind of think about the potential that one day they may refer you. And we do this stuff very subtly. Like most of the time when I talk to people about what the language looks like and they're like, Oh, yeah, I would just say that normally and not even realize if I had said it like that, right, that what I was ultimately doing. Mm -hmm. But number two would be paying attention to your client experience and making sure you're referable. One, because you're intentional about getting referrals from your client experience, but two, because you deserve them because you're actually delivering a referable client experience. And then the third thing, which is, let me just go ahead and say, is the self-serving one, is if you want to figure out where you're starting from, the best place is to actually take our referral ninja quiz. And that is really nine simple questions that you can answer that'll show you where are you on a scale. Um, we, we look at this from a referral ninja scale where I want you to be is at the master level. But where are you in a scale of your ability to generate referrals in the way that I teach it, which is naturally without asking, without manipulation, without compensation. 
And then looking at it from that perspective of, hey, we'll identify with you taking those nine questions. We'll also identify your gaps. So you'll know where to start. You'll have a roadmap of like, hey, here's where I am and here's where I need to go. So number one, identify your existing referral sources. Number two, pay attention to having a referable client experience, which is not just doing great work. It's more than that. And number three, figure out where you are right now by taking a referral ninja quiz. And that link is just referralquiz.com. You can take that link. Uh, you can use that link to take the quiz to figure out where are you and then what are the gaps you need to close and what's the roadmap you can follow to get there. Those are phenomenal three tips. And I can tell you that shortly after the recording of this, I'm actually going to be going to go buy your book because I'm super intrigued and want to learn more. So thank you so much awesome. for joining us today, Stacey. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. Now, chances are, if you're an agency owner listening to this podcast right now, then you may be feeling like this. Because I was finding myself constantly overworked within our business, um, constantly like too busy with fulfillment or too busy with uh, customer service needs. So I didn't have the time to go think about how am I going to close this person or what am I going to say to this person or what am I going to do with this or what's the next strategy I need to do. Now, of course, this podcast is here to help you with a lot of things. But at one episode per week, it's going to take a while for us to share everything you need specifically for your situation. So if you're really serious about committing to fixing the problems in your agency now so you can build a truly profitable business and get your life back, then I want to invite you to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program. I'm not so stressed during calls thinking, oh my gosh, I got, I got to sell, I got to sell, I got to sell because if I don't sell, I don't, make our, I don't make our numbers, you know, and if I don't make our numbers, I can't pay our people. If I can't pay our people, then our business is down. This program is designed to help creative agency owners get to 1 million in revenue per year in 12 months or less. I char typically charge one client a $3,000, anywhere from 2000 to 3000 Now I'm uh, moving towards only 5000 and up. And my latest client that I closed is a $10,000 client on a monthly retainer. We only accept about 20% of the agencies that apply to this program because we want to make sure that we only work with people who will commit the time, energy, and resources required to take what they learn in the program and use it to create an agency of their dreams. You've taught me and you've taught us how to build this within our company that if X happens, this happens. Boom, 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 boom. Like it's so systematic that it's going to work for itself. That has given me the sense of like, oh, I know what the heck I'm talking about. I know what I'm good at. I know that I can deliver upon what I want to deliver. And it, yeah, I gained hell of a lot of confidence for sure. So if that's you, then I want to invite you to apply today. Just hit the link in the show notes to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program or go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash apply. Thanks, and I'll see you inside the program. Mm -hmm.